What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs locked on Dolphins. Today on the show, we're looking at the Dolphins' upcoming free agents for 2023 and identifying which ones of them need to be back for the team in 2023. You are locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Thursday, January 19th, 2023. And today on the show, we are diving into the scheduled free agents for the Miami Dolphins and identifying which of these players need to be back again for the next upcoming season. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, co-founder of thedraftnetwork.com, your host here today, on Locked on Dolphins. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 extra money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. So, um, how I want to do this is I have the list of free agents up courtesy of SpotRack. And I want to name the player. I want to give them a grade for the season uh, that just transpired. And then I want to uh, put a number on a 1 to 10, 10 being a must, 1 being a see you later, Tyreek Hill deuces, on which of these players the Dolphins need back. And of course, the challenge with this is you're going to get players like Eric Rowe. You're going to get players uh, like Duke Riley. You're, you're going to have some players that we don't know if they're going to fit the scheme and the system that the Dolphins will end up running because we don't know if they're going to be making schematic changes. Uh, so I am filling in the blanks as best as I can. By asking myself, unless you play a critical role defensively, are you a scheme transcendent type player? Now, thankfully, the Dolphins will have to make defensive coordinator uh, decisions before they have to make any of these personnel decisions. But at the same time, uh, I don't want to dive into defensive coordinator discussion until we definitively know there's going to be a defensive coordinator change, which we are are waiting for. Now, I will say this. The defensive coordinator market had its first shoe that fell. Uh, Jim Schwartz was hired by the Cleveland Browns earlier this week. I don't think, I don't think that that was a candidate that was ever going to make a lot of sense in Miami, but it is just something to be mindful of if, if assistants are starting to make decisions. Miami, in their own process, and I appreciate being process-oriented and taking your time and being thorough, just, just be mindful to not let the market pass you by. Um, so let's dive in. And, of course, our, our top two from a, a pay perspective, free agents, are offensive side of the player balls, or offensive side of the ball players anyway, in tight end Mike Isecki and quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, so Mike Isecki, if I had to give his season a grade, it's probably a C. For the, 
for the sense that he wasn't the starring player in the passing game that he was capable of being, but he did find the end zone more. He made some really big plays for Miami. He also missed some really big opportunities. You think about the San Francisco game. You think about the Buffalo game. There were some plays to be made, and Mike couldn't quite make the play. Um, so I would give his season, especially versus his standard the last few years of, of being a receiving weapon for the Dolphins, a C. Um, but it's not worse than that because you knew the writing was on the wall that what they needed tight ends to do was never going to be what Mike does well because Mike's been an evolving player, but he's been the same style of player since Penn State in 2016. So uh, his his pay last year was $10.9 million. That, of course, the franchise tag value. Uh, we've spoken at length about this one. And when you look at Mike, his age, his performance, his scheme fit, and the pay, like on a scale of 1 to 10, this for me is a 1. Like, And that's removing the emotional component of it because I like Mike. I respect Mike as a football player. But if you're just talking X's and O's and you're not talking about the memories of the last five years and the plays he's made over that stretch of time, this isn't a fit. And this is, you know, from a spend perspective, a significant commitment to make. That doesn't make sense for the Dolphins to do. So I'd give him a C, uh, and I'd say the, the scale of 1 to 10 urgency to bring Mike back is a 1. A quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, 30 years old. He signed for uh, one year, $6.5 million. Uh, he did play for the Dolphins in stretches. Uh, he played against New England. He played against Cincinnati. He got the start against the Jets. He played against Minnesota. Um, I have a really hard time giving Teddy a favorable grade, um, between the injuries and then the performance on the field. He threw some really tough turnovers, the Cincinnati game, the, the turnover, uh, in the final minutes. And I understand that that was a miscommunication to some degree. Uh, I think about the pick six against the Patriots that opened the door for them to get back into the game and put your season on the brink. I'd probably give Teddy his season probably a C minus or a D plus. This was not what you were spending when you committed to signing a backup veteran quarterback for six and a half million dollars. And lo and behold, your starter missed five games. And quarterback became a really problematic position. Um, so because of that, I'd probably give Teddy Bridgewater a D plus and the re-sign urgency here is a one out of 10. It's the financially, it doesn't make sense. The performance wasn't there. It doesn't marry with, with what we want the offense to be. There, there's too much of a discrepancy here on uh, the same way that Mike Isecki is. So both of those guys, I'm, I'm bouncing. Uh, Eric Rowe, 30 years old, uh, his 2022 annual average salary, in, in the last year of his contract was $5.4 million rounding up by a couple tens of thousands of dollars. And Rowe was a player who it looked like, especially at the end of 2021, we were going to see phased out. And then you got to the trade deadline and Rowe was a healthy scratch for a game. But down the stretch, he came back in and, and had to play significant snaps for the Dolphins, I'd I'd give Eric's season a C plus. 
He certainly wasn't the player that he was in 2020, where he was an excellent man coverage defender against all tight ends, right? And I think in in kind of this weird irony kind of way, Rose' performance against the run, which was the sore spot for him at first when he transitioned to safety because he was previously a corner and had to learn about fitting in the box, I thought that was the best part of his game in 2022 as compared to coverage, whether it's in zone coverage, anticipation of routes, being a tick slow, or trying to cover guys man-to-man and just being in position, quite frankly, often, but not often enough making the play to break up the pass. So Miami will need a third safety for next year. And obviously Brandon Jones is coming back from uh, the injury. And Verone McKinley will be here. But do you want to commit yourself to Verone McKinley definitively being your third safety, or do you want to open the door? Uh, I I think Eric can be a player that the Dolphins bring back if the dollars make sense. I think over $5 million, which is what his contract was this year, is probably a little rich for that. But if you could get him back around 50-60% of that market cost, well, I think that's a player that that I would certainly love to have back for uh, what he's able to do as a versatility player, but just knowing that he's not going to make the swing plays. Although, to his credit, forced the fumble against the Texans, forced the fumble against Josh Allen in the playoff game. Uh, he did make some big plays, but it was as a tackler as compared to being in coverage, right? So this is a player I'd like to have back. I don't know, like... I also don't know what his market is as a 30-year-old safety. Is he going to get offers to put him in a stratosphere that prices him out of Miami? I don't know. Uh, But I think he can be a piece for the Dolphins over the next couple seasons. I'd like to see him back. Uh, I'd probably put that at a a 5 or 6 out of 10 is the re-sign urgency, in my mind, uh, for cornerback Eric Rowe. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting information, stats, lines, news, analysis. You can get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league over at Bet Online. They have you covered from pro football, basketball, baseball, any sport that you can cook up, they got you covered. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get all of your sports betting information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. We are uh, spending a lot of time talking about team building and elements of team building. And if you like these kinds of discussions, boy, oh boy, is ultimate pro football GM the game for you. If you've ever dreamed of being an NFL general manager, managing your football franchise, this game gives you that experience. You can manage every strategic aspect for your team, play through the season and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, and navigating your franchise through the ups and downs of a season. This is all in a challenging and realistic game world, and it is completely free and playable offline, so you can play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked on Dolphins and the listeners can get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in the game store. That is Locked On. Make sure you check it out today. Locked On in all caps. To download the game, visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on app stores. That is ultimate-gm, 
Ultimate UltimateFootballGM. Start your dynasty today. Continuing onward. Those are your top three pay players for the Dolphins. And two out of the three, I'm giving a one out of ten. Right? Probably not interested in, in bringing them back. Melvin Ingram, uh, one-year, $4 million contract. I think Melvin was, as advertised, uh, a rotational veteran pass rusher who gave you some really big moments. He gave you excellent motor. He gave you some stout play because he's a condensed, thick frame player to play on the edge. Uh, but you can move him around. But the concern with Melvin is, I think, what you ultimately got with Melvin in that he made some big plays early in the season. And then the snap share from there kind of whittled its way down. He played 481 snaps for the Dolphins this season across 16 games. Uh, a significant number of pressures, significant number of sacks. Uh, he made, obviously, the critical tackle, uh, helped make the critical tackle at the end of the first Buffalo game for the Dolphins to win that football game. 44% of the snap share. That is the second lowest snap share that he has played uh, only behind only 2020 with the, the Chargers. Uh, which he experienced injury and played 361 snaps at 35% um, since 2014. Now, the sack production relative to the snaps was there, but how much life do you have? And, of course, the Dolphins with being prompted to trade for Bradley Chubb and Andrew Van Ginkle, like they, they had some other bodies here. I would give Melvin's season relative to expectations a B. I thought he was what you hoped he was going to be, but if you were aspiring for him, and I know that there was some discourse at the beginning of the season that this guy should be a starter who, who plays 65 70% of your snaps. That wasn't the player that Dolphins got, and I don't think that was a realistic expectation to set for Melvin. So I'd give him a B, a solid B. But as far as bringing him back, it's probably either Melvin or it's Andrew Van Ginkle, right? And that's the tough part where Van Ginkle is six and a half years younger. At $4 million for Melvin, you're getting into a stratosphere where you might be able to swing it for Andrew. And even if you don't, you can manipulate the cap hit to keep Andrew instead. And I, I think when you look at 2023, in 2024, having Andrew Van Ginkle as compared to Melvin Ingram at this stage in, in Melvin Ingram's career, probably you would want Andrew Van Ginkle. Now, if the dollars make sense for the Dolphins, this is a player I'd love to have back. You know, I, I'd probably put the re-sign urgency at a three or a four. Um, not as much as Eric Rowe, because I, I think you have a more critical need in the defensive backfield. Um, but Melvin's a little older. Uh, they do have some other bodies. They invested heavily in, in Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb and these other guys. So I, I think it does kind of mitigate the urgency to, to make sure you bring Melvin Ingram back. Now, Nick Needham's the next one, and he's interesting. And, and he was on the tender of the – he was on a restricted free agent tender last year for 
million dollars. So just short of four million dollars. Uh, 26 years old, former UDFA, tore his Achilles. That's a tough one to feel out. And, you know, it has been stated that the Dolphins haven't expressed an interest in bringing back Nick Needham. And if they do, I think they're doing so for more than just 2023. Um, maybe they'd sign him to the one-year prove-it deal and they hope that he can get himself turned around quickly. But if you do that, I don't know that you can definitively rest on your laurels and say, well, we've we've taken care of an injury spot or a, a roster spot because we re-signed Nick Needham because you don't know what he's going to be like. Um, but at 26 years old, the sweat equity that he has with the, the players on the team this year and across several seasons, whether that is in, in this system or not, I think Cater Kohu's shown enough that, that you could probably feel comfortable playing him outside and, and let Nick Needham continue to be a slot defender. Um, it's tough to grade a season because he did get hurt, right? And, and he played a couple of different spots for you early in the year. I'd say his season, it wasn't as good as what his peak was, but you were also behind the eight ball from the very jump because you never had Byron Jones. So when he was on the field, I'd say, say he was a B. Um, from a re-sign urgency perspective, this is a position of need. As a player that, that knows his teammates, he's been around this, this head coach this entire season, even though this is the head coach's first season. I think you're at a place with Nick that it would really benefit you to bring him back so long as the dollars are in the same stratosphere as what he was. And I think where that gets interesting is Nick was on a one-year tender for $4 million. Well, if you sign him to a multi-year deal, knowing that you might not get the best version of him in the first half of the first year, can you have the reduced cap hit uh, and then have non-guaranteed money on the back end to get out of if he never recovers? I'd say re-sign urgency here. Same as Eric Rose, probably five or six. If he was healthy, you know, I'd, I'd go higher. I'd probably go six, seven. But because he's injured and you don't know what the timeline is going to look like for him to recover, um, it, it's you want it to happen, you'd like it to happen, but the urgency is not there for a must-have because you don't know for sure when he's going to be available. Duke Riley, uh, 28-year-old linebacker, $3 million was his. He signed a one-year $3 million deal with the team. Uh, this is a player I'd really like to have back. I like Duke. Uh, I think Duke has range. I think Duke has ability to play in space. Uh, Duke has a really quick trigger. I think he can do stuff for you in coverage. He's just not a thumper, right? And, and when he's got to come down and he's got to tackle guys, I think that's that's where the specificity of Duke's skill set shows up. If I were to grade his season this year, uh, it's probably a B-. minus. Um, he played, let me make sure I get the snap share right here for him. Duke Riley played 348 snaps. So he played about one out of every three snaps. Now there weren't a lot of splash plays there, but there was a lot of things that the Dolphins could do in coverage because they had an athletic linebacker. And that hasn't been the case with, you know, he's much more rangy than Elena Roberts and he's more rangy than Jerome Baker. So unless you're going to fully commit to overhaul the room and like 
Duke at one year's $3 million, that's a perfectly reasonable price point for a guy who plays special teams and then is going to play 40% approximately of your defensive snaps. I like that value, if I'm being honest. So that's a player I do think you need an overhaul, but that's the right kind of player to have, not as a linebacker one or as a linebacker two, but as a linebacker three or linebacker four that's going to play a lot of special team snaps for you too. That one for me is a six and a half. He doesn't play a big enough role for the, the urgency point to be super, super high. Um, I'm going to skip over Eric Fisher. We all pined for the team to sign Eric Fisher in the summer. Well, not all of us, but there were a lot of people that pined for the team to sign Eric Fisher, and they didn't, 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 didn't. And then they, Chris Greer got criticisms, and then they signed Eric Fisher, and he got hurt before he ever took a snap. So here's your sign, right? Like, we're going to skip that one over. Uh, Clayton Fejdalum, $2.85 million. Uh, he's going to be 30 years old this year. Safety, primarily special teams player for the Dolphins. Uh, re-sign urgency is is a one. I've had Clayton as the cut candidate the last two years. And I understand he plays special teams. He plays the up back on the punt team and all that jazz. But for the dollar amount versus the ROI, I don't think it has lined up for the Dolphins for several seasons. So I, I, I'd go lower than a one if I could. But I said at the beginning of the segment that that was the floor, was a one, right? Uh, Elena Roberts, linebacker, $2.75 million, 28 years old. Look, Elena had a, a, about as good of a season as, as he's had here in Miami. But there are just limitations. He's a scheme-specific and skill-specific and, and situational football-type specific kind of player. If you're going to put Elandon on special teams and have him be a short yardage, short uh, down and distance, run heavy type linebacker for certain packages, but not be a starting player, I think this is a player that can make sense for a team to have. I appreciate what Elandon has done across the last couple seasons, but the last two years he's played 55 and 60 percent of the Dolphins' defensive snaps. He's got 183 tackles. Of course, the big, big play as far as passing down that he's had in four and a half sacks this year is a blitz player, and he had the pick six against the Raiders early in 2021. But I think we've probably hit our ceiling at, at 620 and 646 defensive snaps the last two years. I'd say we've probably hit the glass ceiling uh, of what we are as a player. It's a good player. It's a player you're going to want and probably deserves a little bit of a raise over the two and three quarter million dollars. I'd grade his season versus his own expectations and his own limitations as a B2. It's just a matter of that skill set. I personally would like to have a more versatile group of, of second level defenders on your defense. You look at the Bills with Milano and Edmonds, you look at the 49ers with Greenlaw and Fred Warner, and they have guys that can do it all. And Elandon's skill set is just not that of a player who you're going to put all of that on the menu for because it's it's not putting him in the best position to be successful. I'd say the re-sign urgency here is a four or a five. Um, but if you're signing him to take a role from a player who is a primary teams player, I think there's a role for Elena Roberts on a 53-man roster and to play meaningful snaps, just short yardage defensive snaps as compared to a 
three quarters or two thirds of your defensive snaps type of player. Before we go any further on the show, I'm going to talk about our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all of the fat, sugar, and calories of your typical candy bar, you got to try Built Bar because Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They come in unbelievably good flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. I'm not sure what kind of witchcraft they have going on to, to pull this thing off, but they literally do taste like a candy bar for 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. So you can head to your nearest Walmart, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a four-box of Built Bars, or you can go to Sam's Club running, grab the 13-bar box of some of our favorite flavor, flavors. Mine, personally, churro, uh, hits different. Uh, but go ahead and get yourself a box of Built Bars and thank me later. Continuing onward here on Dolphins' free agents to be, assessing their seasons. Um, Adam Shaheen next on the list. That was a fun little saga, right? Traded, never mind, failed the physical, send him back, IR. Um, incomplete grade for the season that was because it never happened. Uh, Resign urgency is a one. Trey Flowers, defensive end. Uh, if they're going to run the same kind of system that they did, like Trey Flowers, when he played, showed some really nice flashes of being a rotational guy for the Dolphins. Kind of a big bummer uh, that he got hurt. But that kind of embodies a lot of what happened for the Dolphins this year. That, oh, we got an injury. Let's sign a guy and bring him in. Oh, well, that guy went down after a week. <laughs> and like Trey Flowers was another one of those guys. So uh, incomplete grade for him. Uh, he did sign for $2.13 million. I'd say the re-sign urgency, if you bring back Josh Boyer and you keep the same system or you promote from within or however you would choose to do it, that's probably a, a three. Um, if you go in a different direction, it's probably less urgent than that. Uh, Raheem Mostert, 30-year-old running back, signed for $2.13 million dollars. You got to give Raheem, Raheem season an A, right? Like, and that's understanding that Raheem is not a transcendent player who's going to run every, every concept um, super effectively. But what he does do is he has speed to the edge. He protects well. He can get involved in the passing game. And he showed a lot. He showed a lot down the stretch. And I don't know how much of that was like, I've been here before and I got to do it. But you reflect on the last month of Raheem Mostert's season, that dude laid it on the line. I would run through a brick wall for Raheem Mostert. I would. Uh, so I would give him, relative to his expectations, he set a career high in, in rushing yards and yards from scrimmage as a 30-year-old running back coming back from several significant injuries. It's an A. What he gave the Dolphins this year is an A effort. There's no question. Um, resign urgency. If you can get him in the same market value, I'd say it's probably a seven or an eight. It's the, it's the most urgent player that we've gone through thus far. Cause he knows the system, you know, the offensive system is going to be back. He's not a guy that has a lot of miles, but you do need to be mindful of, um, the wear and tear. Greg little, um, expiring contract, $2 million swing tackle. Did not play well. Resign urgency is a one. Uh, Sam McGuavin, they they uh, opted to bring him back this past year as well. Primarily special teams guy. 
under $1.7 million was the pay. If you can get him back again in that stratosphere to be a special teams guy for you, you can put me down for uh, a re-sign urgency of a five or a six, uh, and I'd love to have him back. He's a really cool story, too, with his pathway through the CFL. Um, Thomas Morstead. A, performance was an A. This is the, the only redeeming quality for much of the season on special teams. 36 years old, $1.3 million. And can, can we get him to, to commit until he's 40? Can he just kick for the next three years? If you could, I'd sign up and do it right now. And I'd pay him more than what he got paid this year to do it. He had an awesome season. He had an awesome season. A lot of big kicks. Had more boom to his leg than I think the reputation was. It was that he was an accurate punter, but he wasn't necessarily a big-legged punter. Well, you you got big kicks in big moments out of Thomas Morstead. I I would absolutely love to have him back from a re-sign urgency. It's a seven or an eight. It's not a must-have, but man, oh, man, would it be a loss to to incur to miss him next year. John Jenkins, uh, 33 and a half years old, $1.3 million. The backup nose tackle. Um, I'd like to get a little bit more stout here. Uh, I appreciated John's uh, experience, but as a nose tackle, I did think, you know, there, there was highs and lows with him and leveraging at the point of attack. Uh, I'd, I'd give his, his performance this season a C. I would say the re-sign urgency here because of his age, like you might do it just to justify having the backup nose tackle under contract for a low contract value, but that's generally a devalued position. I'd be interested in getting another young guy to compete with Raquan Davis in here at this point. So uh, I'd say that re-sign urgency is probably a two or three. Trent Sherfield, uh, 26 years old, one-year deal, $1.2 million. I'll give him a B. Uh, I think there were some missed opportunities for Trent. Now, he did a lot of dirty work. Uh, he was a guy who was an unheralded hero quite often for the Dolphins. Um, and I really appreciated all of those reps as a blocker that he provided and then the special teams reps. It was a more economic version of Matt Collins. Uh, so I thought he did well in that regard. But the drops, there were a couple of drops in the passing game that kind of showed you, okay, like this is why this, this is, has been your role, right. Uh, for the last couple seasons. Now I think he did well with the opportunities that he had. There's certainly a couple plays we would have liked to have had back from a re-sign urgency perspective. This is probably a five or a six. Uh, are you ready for Ezukama to take that role? If the answer is yes, then you can let him walk. But I don't know that the answer is yes, because we didn't see Ezukama until week 18. Uh, Justin Bethel, 33-year-old corner, special teams player, uh, gunner on the team. From a, a special teams perspective, I'll give him a, a, a B. Uh, I, I thought the kick coverage with Bethel was one of the stronger suits of, of the special teams as well. I thought the gunners and the punt team, or in the punt turf, were your positive special teams contributions this year. Uh, so Bethel, 33 years old, but a special teams guy. If, you, if you're able to get him back, $1.1 million. Resign urgencies like a four or five. Not super urgent. Uh, Jeff Wilson, running back, 27 years old. Uh, $1 million. They, of course, acquired him at the trade deadline um, for, I believe, it was a five. 
And I, I thought the tone that Jeff set early, I think kind of skewed expectations for Jeff. As he scored a touchdown in the first game, uh, was it against the Bears? And then we had the Browns game where he ran all over that team. And the expectations from there were to the moon. And we didn't quite get that version of Jeff the rest of the way. Now, much better than Chase Edmonds, understands the system, runs hard, harder than Chase Edmonds. Um, I'd give him a B minus from the time that he got here after the trade deadline from an urgency perspective. Uh, it's another back who knows the system. If you, if you want to run back with those guys uh, and look for potentially a third, especially with the durability questions of both Wilson and Mostert, I think you could do that. I, I'd put re-sign urgency. Here's probably a six. It's not as urgent in my mind as Raheem uh, because Raheem's production was significant for the entire season. Brandon Shell, 30-year-old offensive tackle, will be 31 this offseason. This is a player for me that um, has earned another chance to be here if he wants to be here. Uh, I certainly hope that the Dolphins would embrace the idea of him being your swing tackle. Um, if you go out and you get a new starting left guard, as an example, and you bring in somebody to compete at right tackle, you're not going to bring back Michael Dieter. You're not going to bring back Greg Little. So if you can get Liam Eikenberg and Austin Jackson into the roles filled by Greg Little and Liam and uh, Michael Dieter, and then from there, Brandon Shell can still be the swing tackle, and you get two new starters on your line. I think that's a pretty good group. I know that's probably an unpopular opinion because we are demonizing the offensive line left and right and I get it. But if Shell's your swing tackle, Austin is Jackson becomes your Greg Little, and Liam Eikenberg becomes your Michael Dieter, like, we're just going to have to get over the draft capital that it costs to bring those guys in here. They tried to improve the offensive line, right? Not all those guys hit. I think that'd be a great place to be. I do. Can't guarantee that it'll happen. But Brandon, Brandon Shell, expectations guy signed to the practice squad, started all year for you, and he was a sufficient level starter. It's like a B plus season performance in my mind. And re-sign urgency, especially at the cost that you got him at, at about a million dollars, that's probably a seven or an eight for me too, which would put Raheem Mostert and Brandon Shell as the two most urgent, and Thomas Morstead, excuse me, as the three most urgent signings lingering. You can go through the, the rest of this list. Uh, Jerron Christian, River Craycraft, Michael Dieter. You know, with the injuries that the Dolphins had, Michael Dieter couldn't get on the field. Like, we're, we'll go ahead and write that one off as a one, right? You got Savan Ahmed, Elijah Campbell, and John Lovett as restricted free agents. I put all three of those guys down as exercise your right to re-sign them as restricted free agents. There's none of, the, none of those guys I would just voluntarily let walk. And you have Miles Gaskin, um, re-sign urgency there is a one. He got phased out, understandably so, different scheme. Uh, he's, he'd be a good third running back for somebody. But the Dolphins, you know, he had been in a position to be the RB1 for a while. Just time to make a change in different skill sets needed to do that. So, uh, And then that just leaves Andrew Van Ginkle, who's probably the toughest one to project. He's 27 years old. 
he made $707,000 last year uh, as his salary. Played significant snaps in different stretches of time for, this, for the Dolphins, and the contributions were good, right? Um, he's played 197, 479, 801, and 312 snaps. So think about that. His his offensive or his defensive snaps dropped off by about 500 snaps this year. If Melvin Ingram walks, can you get this guy back under contract for four or five million dollars a year? The answer is yes. At this stage, with what he brings in special teams, with what he brings as a speed rusher, with what he brings as a guy who can zone drop. I think that's been an area that was better for him this year than what it had been in years past. I can get there. I can get there. Uh, so I would grade Andrew Van Ginkle, especially in the reduced role that he had. Um, there's a ceiling on, on what I would give him for the year, probably a B, uh, B minus. But the year that he had, I think, is more reflective of, of what 2020 was probably the best reflection of what I think the best version of Andrew Van Ginkle is. Where he played... 479 snaps, which is about 46% of the defensive snaps, had five and a half sacks. Three force fumbles, special teams demon. Give me that guy, right? Like, let Clayton Fesdalen walk and let Melvin Ingram walk and take the dollars you paid to both of them and make sure you bring back Andrew Van Ginkle. I'll put his re-sign urgency as a set. That's the class. That's the free agent class to be. So you had, like, four guys. Andrew Van Ginkle, Thomas Morstead, Raheem Mostert, Brandon Shell and a, a fifth if you wanted to rope in uh, Jeff Wilson. Five guys that were like seven or above. Like, you should really bring these guys back. Uh, Duke Riley, I'd put on the honorable mention list as well. Uh, but there's, when we talk about the offseason ahead and the dollars the Dolphins do have, the dollars the Dolphins don't have, the nucleus of the team, the nucleus of the team is, is kind of the young core we all know. Guys getting ready to walk out the door. It's a very easily achievable list. And of course, as we said earlier, the first thing that they're going to have to do is decide um, what kind of defense we're going to run. And that's the kind of the big storyline that we're waiting for now. There's a couple hurdles, a couple different uh, leaps that, that the Dolphins have to decide what path they want to take. But as we wait for it, I thought this was a good chance to kind of go over, hey, here's all the guys who are out the door. Here's how I thought they played this year. And here's whether or not I think they should come back. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked on Network. Fins up. Thanks for watching and make it a good one.